0: yo what up this is mike brown and this is the art of letting go today i have a special guest in the building um somebody that inspired this podcast the reason i started this podcast which is an honor to have you here um would you mind introducing yourself to the people
1: yeah what's going on everybody my name is anthony valadez i'm a dj i'm a radio host on kcrw and I am a fan of you because you love what you do. That's me. Yeah.
0: Appreciate that,
1: <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, I appreciate. Doing? Yeah, I appreciate the emails that uh, you've been sending me, uh, and I see you hustling. I see you doing your thing, and I'm just very inspired by folks like you. So just want to get that out of the way.
0: Well, I'm 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 inspired by you as well. Um, I I think I originally got introduced to you probably through the radio. I think I was driving home late one night and uh. You happened to be on the radio and actually you kept me up all night Mm. just driving. So I appreciated that. And I just started following you from there and just seeing like a lot of the cool things you do. Um, Ran into you in Venice once with my parents and uh, yeah, but when you started your podcast and, and it was just so, it was just so raw and it was just so just, it just felt just natural and authentic. I was like, man, like this is, this is what I want to do. So, yeah,
1: I, I, remember, I remember that time you, you stepped up to me with your family. That was really cool. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, man, it's just uh, I have access to a lot of creative individuals that I really respect. And, you know, there's only so much you can do with them on radio. Like being on late at night, I can't necessarily have them on my show. So I'm like, what can I do with these artists? And then sometimes I'm hanging with them. They're in L.A. I'm like, yo, like we have amazing conversations. We should be recording these conversations. And so I just kind of took it upon myself to start a podcast and I would bring guests into KCRW and I'd utilize their studios and I'd have the artists come through and we'd talk about life and we'd grab a bite and it allowed me to get to know these people that I respect on a deeper level and um, it was a great time in my life and and it was at a time when people would say like podcasts really don't have a future and nobody really saw the future in it so it became my little vaults of good memories with creatives and yeah, man. I'm, and, and like hearing that from you means a lot because, you know, I, the feedback I got were from music heads that loved conversation and music. And when you think about where it's at today, it's amazing, you know?
0: Yeah. 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 No, I, I like when you first started my because I still do music. But at that time, I was really like in trying to like just get my music out there. And I remember I hit you up and, and you hit me back. And I was like, that's so crazy. Like, just mm. And I and I think I try to do that with mine as well. Just that human interaction of just connecting with your people and and being there with them, like not above them, yeah. but being there with them. Like I think that's really dope. But well, you, but what strikes
1: me about you, and I think folks should know. Like I hope I'm not putting this out there, but like you, you started your podcast from an organic place. Like you know, you got people that are jumping into the podcast game now because of 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 finances like they can make money there's equity and you know it's profitable there's a return on investment but like your story struck me because you use it to to heal to become a better person and I feel like that's what we need more of these days you know.
0: I, I think with everything it, it should be like that music just you know any anything creative like I think that that side of the money taints it like you know for myself doing music that was one of the things that that really messed me up because I was using my music to express myself in ways that my words couldn't. And, you know, having to do that and then feeling like I have to compete with what's on the radio or people telling me I don't sound a certain way. It was discouraged, but something about this podcasting, I feel very fearless in doing it.
1: Yeah. Well, and also I feel like, like I've in the past five to 10 years, I've, I've worked in the business side of podcasting and, and digital streaming platforms and I've learned why it's important to understand why it is a business and I it's like I don't understand how certain songs are on our radio so rather than hate on it I want to understand it and now I understand it and I get it but it, and the closer I get to understanding it the more I want to support things that are more organic yeah. and more real and more personable because the deeper you get into that game the more you find you got to give up creatively like you got to sacrifice certain things if you want to get you know support from this institution uh, we don't like that. We need a structure. Like I like podcasts, like the way we just hit go. This is the way it should be. But when you work for a company, well, what's your beginning? What's your arc? What's your storyline? What's your tagline? What's this? What's And it's like, you know, like it's become a, form, a, a formula. And yeah. I don't like formulas. Like people, I really do feel like there's an audience that would appreciate you based off your non-formulaic ways and
0: just being authentic and real. I appreciate that. Um, what's, what's your inspiration behind your shows though? Cause you, you play some of everything. Well, it's crazy now, man, because if you would have asked me that question
1: four or five weeks ago, I would have told you like, I love music. I'm a music fan and I love to, you know, music heals music. I, I, I play music for people. Like I, first off the, the most important thing that I'm learning is you don't play, I don't play music for the music heads. I used to fall into that trap and then you become super critical of yourself. I I play music for somebody at home who has the day off and is tired of work. And if you can move that person, you've got a trooper for the rest of your life. But if you ask me that question today, like that responsibility, like I was on the radio this weekend, man, and I was setting up the turntables, and I could truly feel the weight of the world considering the current situation with the pandemic, the virus, and it's like, damn. And I started looking at Twitter and people were like, yo, I can't wait to dance. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to play some dance music. And other people are like, yo, man, I can't wait to feel your tone and to just mellow out. I'm like, damn, like, wait, like, and I'm thinking about these two spectrums, but I'm like, yo, but what do I want to do? And I'm like, I want to do both. So to me, radio is about peaks and valleys. You can take it up, but you got to bring it down and you got to take it back up and you're telling a story. And so, yeah. to me, that's very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's really dope. That's really dope. And um, yeah, I, I saw you last night spinning some stuff, and you had the wrestling uh, behind you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's it's like because I've been watching a lot of Instagram lives and checking it out. Like I'll peep in, and you know, it's it could be boring. Like I don't want to see a DJ's face for forty minutes. I'm not trying to look at you, look for records, like, like. I don't know. I feel weird saying, it, but it's almost like entertain me, you know? Because absolutely, in, in the age of twenty twenty, I have like a million different streams I could look at. I could go on the internet and look up. I, I love going to World Star Hip Hop. I love watching YouTube videos of Jake the Snake. Like I have a million things I can watch. Fiona Apple videos. Like entertain me. Like yeah. so. Then what I do is I throw up a WrestleMania one on the on the the projector and I DJ it and. And I'll watch wrestling matches while I DJ, and I'll let that dictate like what my next record is, you know? Yeah.
0: Cool. yeah, yeah. I'm visual.
1: I'm visual like that.
0: I feel that. I do. I've been doing yeah. karaoke on uh, Tuesdays and Sundays on the Instagram. Cause I'm like, If, if I'm going to go live or I'm going to do something, I want it to be something that people can enjoy. And people actually been like singing and joining in. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Like, so let me ask you a question. What's your favorite song to sing to? What's your go-to song? Um, my go-to song—I have a couple of them. Um, mm. Usher, "Nice and Slow." Um, okay. Frank Ocean, uh, "Thinking About You," and anything Stevie. Oh. Wonder. I, I always go a Stevie Wonder song. How do you do that falsetto though? "Thinking About You." I've I done have,
1: it, and I've embarrassed myself.
0: <laughs> I, I have fun <laughs> and don't think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I was on IG Live last night, and I played, uh, I forgot I had this record from Stevie. Uh, Something about you knocks me off my feet. Yes. I don't want to go. Oh, my God. Like, he's got, like, the, even the B-sides are, like, dope. I saw him play at the Hollywood Bowl. This guy went on for, like, three hours, hit after hit after hit after hit. Like, God dang, you know?
0: Yeah. Amazing. I I saw him at uh, Taste of Soul one year. Mm-hmm. He showed up, and uh, they played. They played My Sugar more, And and he came up, he was dancing to the song, and they gave him the mic. And it was crazy because he didn't seem like he was prepared to sing or anything, but he was just hitting the notes and everything. It It was so beautiful.
1: I love that him and even Prince were, like, I would DJ in clubs, and Prince would always show up. And Prince was never too good to, like, jump on the stage and play an instrument. And, like, he would just, he would motion for, like, the bass player's bass or the guitar player's guitar. And they would just, like, he, they would take it off and give it to them. And he would, like, any kind of guitar, bass, he would play. He was never too good. The same yeah. thing with Prince, yeah, or Stevie. Stevie would show up and, like, he was never too good. Big or small, they would rock them all, and I love that, you know?
0: And as you were saying that, somebody that I thought of that does that as well, uh, DJ Quick. I saw mm. DJ Quick at, I think it might have been a Dame Funk show. And uh, he came on stage and he just started playing some keys and stuff. And I was like, this is crazy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Oh, people, I think people sleep on quick. I read a great article about DJ quick, how he was talking about frequencies inside his studio and like, you know, he'll hear something that people won't hear. And he like knows, he's like, Oh, it's that cooler or it's that refrigerator. And he knows and he'll unplug it. And he's like, okay, the frequency is good. Like he's very intricate in his thinking about frequencies and, how things block energy from instruments, and I was like,
0: "Whoa!" I was blown away. New respect yeah. for him. Yeah, man. So one one thing I wanted to ask you was, uh, how are you staying creative during this time? Because I, I see you still put out videos. I see you DJing, <laughs> like you said, you're on the radio, and like, yeah, man. Honestly, it was a little challenging to, uh, to create like the first couple of weeks of this. Like, I was just feeling really depressed and. Uh, I know a lot of creatives that I've been talking to have been like kind of mentally blocked. So I was curious to know what keeps you going. It's funny, man. It's like, it's not funny.
1: It's, but it's in my case, it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, the situation's not funny, but I, I told myself like, I want to stay off social, like, cause people are dying, you know, like 10,000 people are like been, are dead in the United States alone at the, at the time of this recording. Like, and I'm just like 10,000 plus now. And I'm just like, why am I on social, why am I DJing? Why am I making videos? Like I, the fact that 10,000 people in the US alone are no longer on earth that were here three, four weeks ago. And I just feel like, why am I doing this? And you know why I do it is because people like hit me up on social, people inbox me and say, I need this. And if I wasn't getting that, yo, I would have stopped a long time ago because I do feel the energy, I do feel the weight. Of the world, like when I go into KCW and I'm on the studio and I'm in the studios, I have like four or five monitors: Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, local news, all like showing me numbers and like the death rate. And I'm supposed to be like, "Yo, what's up? We're having a good time." And it's it's hard. It's it's hard. And being at home too, it's like I just get these ideas, man. And I'm like, "Yo, like, whoa, like, what if I threw Mob Deep over Bill Withers?"
0: Like, oh, let me try it
1: and I'll try it. And then I'll be like, yo, like I've never done video editing. So how do I make a cool video? Let me experiment. And I'll do, and I'm, I'm mastering video editing during this time. And I'll do all these different angles because again, I need it to be creatively different than everything else out there. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I should post it because I have a lot of self doubt. You know, I'm, I'm very critical of myself. I'm like, all right, let me just put it on and see what happens. And then I'll drop it on my socials. And and it just like takes off and people are inboxing me like, yo, I needed that. I needed that Bill Withers. And, and I'm just like, yo, like, it's it's like when you were listening to me that Monday night, right? Sometimes you throw the football and into outer space and you don't know who's catching it. Like you caught it because here we are. And then people catch what I do. And we build friendships and I'm like, yo, like I'm so glad you enjoyed that because I wasn't sure if I should do anything with that. Because in the back of my mind, ten thousand people are no longer on earth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So I just get these ideas, man. And sometimes I get really funny ideas. And um, like, I don't know. I just I don't know. I, I you have to find humor and even in dark times, man. Like I I, I film a lot with my pup who's behind me and like <laughs> he's just he makes me laugh and you gotta, you know this is no laughing matter however you have to keep on with routines you have to find the humor in little things like yo, know, getting a dog has changed my life because he's making me see the little things in life and yeah man so so i don't even know if i answered your question but yeah
0: you, you uh, definitely did and uh is is funny because that's that's how i feel about my students we just started going back to teaching online and uh, i had my first class with 60 kids on a video chat 60 kindergartners and first graders and it was a mess but it was fun because i had the opportunity to like see like they they just seemed so happy to see me and that really inspired me like it got me like you know what you have to yes feel what you feel but also be strong for these people that are relying on you and it's been pushing me to create content for them create content for my friends and just like Mm-hmm. doing things for other people has been giving me some fulfillment which i feel like i've always done that but consciously doing that mm-hmm. has really been pushing me like I've, I've been doing the video editing as well and like mm-hmm. and didn't feel like by the by the time all this is over i'm gonna be a master of a couple <laughs> of things
1: <laughs> for real like squirt sacy better call me because i can edit <laughs> on my iphone <laughs> so let me ask let me ask you a question i'm curious um how how is your role as an educator changed in all this? Like, have you had to explain this to kids, or did, have they asked you anything? How does that work
0: mm-hmm. out? So prior prior to like the the quarantining happening, we were kind of talking about it in schools, and uh, like my kids, they they were well versed in it. I I asked them what they knew about it, and they pretty much were excited to give me the information and tell me about washing your hands and all this stuff. So they, they kind of know what's going on. Um, yeah, the death side of it, I'm not too sure. Um, didn't Mm. really talk about that, but just the awareness of like, you know, taking care of yourself and distancing and stuff. They understand that stuff. And Mm. a lot of them are actually like taking time to like pick up, you know, skills and instruments. You know, we, we had our class and I asked how many people were like, practicing instruments and almost every kid that was on the screen pulled out either a guitar or a piano or a drum. And mm. that that just filled my heart. Cause it's like, man, you know, adults are struggling right now. And these kids are just like, you know, find, finding ways to not have to deal with this. And, and like I said, it inspired me like, okay, I need to find ways to, mm-hmm. to deal with this as well. So you know, we all, we all get those opportunities to learn from each other. So just as much as like, I'm trying to give them and learn from them. I'm I like, like teach them. I'm learning from them as well. So yeah, they yeah. definitely understand what's going on.
1: Yeah. It's, it's funny that you bring that up too, because, uh, I find that the people that I've turned to in life, like certain folks that I like, you know, like trainers and things of that sort are turning to me. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I thought you had your, your stuff together. Like, I thought you were mentally strong and I'm learning that like, yo, like we're all going through it. And then I find myself having to give them words of encouragement. Like I pay these people, like, I don't know, like a hundred dollars a month to like, for, for guidance. And, and it's like, it's like having your therapist come to you and say, what do we do? And you're just like, wait, what? It's like, <laughs> you, no, like I need you to be strong. And, and it's, it's a lesson in life because like, it's like, I was drawing this parallel and connecting dots like when my grandfather who raised me, he was like the rock, not the wrestling rock, but he was like the rock of, of, of growing. And he was like my rock. And, and then as he got older, I became the rock. And then I had to like change his diapers and I had to like make sure he was good. And I had to like carry him. And it's that whole thing of the the, the shifts of of roles. And, you know, I really do feel like our generation is going to be, really amazing and spiritually i think this is a spiritual reset considering we've we saw 911 we lived through michael prince bowie and now a pandemic and we're still young enough to like move and like what's next i don't know but we're going to be a strong generation you know
0: yeah that that's and it's funny you say that cuz that's what i've been telling my friends from college like you know cuz we all live, i went to school in new orleans like we made it past katrina you know so mm. gonna, katrina yeah. <laughs> so we're going to make it past this. And and the way to do it is like through all of us just connecting with each other. Like I've, I've definitely been putting forth more effort into making the video calls or setting up the, the group for everybody to join or, you mm. know, just whatever I think that I can do. I'm doing it because, you know, we can't all just sit around and wait, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was in, um. I think the, I've been to New Orleans three or four times and I went to the lower, is it the lower ninth ward? Yeah. I believe that got heavily affected. Yo, like, and I went to where the levees were at and it's just so amazing. It, it's like, you could feel the energy that was there. And um, it's crazy. Like one of my things, and I'm pretty sure they got annoyed by me, but like all my Uber drivers are like, where were you when Katrina happened? And just, just hearing their stories was like amazing. A lot of them went to Houston or they went elsewhere, and 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 I heard folks that were actually like affected physically, and and it's it's so inspiring, man. And and it's it's there's an eeriness, but then there's this calm, and there's like this rebuilding going on. Yeah. And the kids were so nice and friendly, and you know, I take a lot of photos, and they let me take their photos, and
0: it's just like, yeah, man. Like if you, I can only imagine surviving that, man. Jeez. And and what's so crazy is you know, I was young, I was. I had to be like 19 at the time. So I didn't take it that serious. I wouldn't get a haircut. I just didn't take it serious. And then when me and my friends got on the road, we drove. So my parents live in Houston. So I went back to Houston and, um, Houston is normally like a five and a half hour drive. It took us 15 hours to get to Houston. And we ended up going out and partying and stuff. And then like the next day we saw New Orleans was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like underwater my grand- my grandmother lived like a block from one of the places that they showed on the news. Her house was done, and mm-hmm. just no- nobody, nobody nobody was the same after that you know i I saw my grandmother get old after Katrina, and um yeah it was it was tough, but at the same time, we got through it, you know, yeah, yeah, and at this like yeah I'm, we we all are gonna get through this, we just have to just keep pushing.
1: But we, we are so spoiled too because I feel like all we're being asked to do is stay inside. <laughs> like how hard like yo, I am watching like Tiger King and I'm doing push ups and I'm making music, but yet the stuff that people in New Orleans went through or even the Holocaust or even people that are affected by wars yeah. and like all I have to do is stay inside. Like I I have to I have so much to be grateful for and thankful for, you know? So yeah, yeah that's perspective for you, I guess.
0: Absolutely, yeah, man. I- Definitely have been taken every day to just look at like, man, I'm here, you know, be here, been walking a lot more. I've been been going on a lot more walks. And Mm -hmm. when I go on my walks, I pray a lot because I think about, you know, my grandmother used to pray for me a lot. Um, Just because when I was growing up, I had a really bad temper dealing with my own shit in life. Mm -hmm. When she passed, I thought about her telling me she used to pray for my temper because I don't have it anymore. So knowing that those prayers work, I look at it like, okay, I have to pray for my friends. I have to pray for my family. I have to pray for the people that are out here doing things. And as I'm walking and praying, those prayers start turning into conversations with God. And That's kind of what's been helping me not feel so lonely during this time. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. I find that I have conversations with my inner voice
1: and I, your inner voice can be a good thing or a bad thing. Um, my inner voice is positive like he, he or she or whatever it is like will guides me and um there's also the shitty committee which i just learned the shitty committee is like i want to go to the gym and then there's that side of you that's like nah you should stay in bed you should relax that's the shitty committee yeah and you want you want to you want to have an inner dialogue with the positive voice and you got to identify the shitty committee and push that out but i mean for you like i think that's beautiful like having a dog has allowed me to get to do more walking and being yeah. more aware of plants and the sky and people. And, you know, it's amazing. I've been thinking like for moving forward after this, once this is all done, like, how are we going to, are we going to still practice like distancing ourselves? Like, is that going to be in the back of our minds? Are we going to shake hands? Like that could really have a profound effect on how we interact with one another, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, I'm curious to see how it is as well. Cause I, I would say, I would say I do like to be around people a whole lot, and I do like mm-hmm. to be affectionate and you know hug my friends or you know shake mm-hmm. hands and stuff like that. And it's like, where do we go from here?
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, but yeah. well, who, who knows? Who knows? I mean, it's like I thought about like sex in the '80s, how you know when AIDS came about, everybody was afraid, but then the '90s came and it was like we were right back to where we were at. <laughs> So, I don't know, he,
0: he, yeah. human behavior is really interesting, you know? And the, the the scary thing to me right now is people are still, like, just, and I guess just, just being a gay man and looking at, you know, what AIDS was during that time, which I wasn't around during that time, like, living, mm-hmm. but just knowing what that was and seeing now how people are literally just, you don't know how people are, are catching this, dying, or whatever, and people still just being like, fuck it, like, you know? Yeah. You want to hook up, you want to host, and it's like that is insane. So Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just interesting what it what is pulling out of all of us, like positively and negatively. Like I've been laughing a lot, crying a lot, feeling mm-hmm. a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. just, just tuning into those feelings.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think some of us have always been in tune with those feelings though. I'm pretty sure you yeah. have, but it it just gets amplified when you're kind of forced. Like I had a conversation with a friend last night she had a great point she was just saying how like we're forced to confront ourselves during this solitude and i was like yo i never thought about that like you know like we're forced to 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 deal with ourselves it's the mirror and you're by yourself so you're hearing you're the you're hearing the voice of reason you're hearing the voice of god you're hearing the shitty committee you're hearing all these things and it's like do you sink do you swim do you know what do you do you know so Yeah, it's heavy.
0: I feel like we're all on silent retreats right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I I love it. I mean, I've always been a hermit growing up. So like, this is nothing, this is like fun. I mean, yeah. I know it's not fun for everybody though. Like my heart goes out to everybody affected, but like, I like reading and I like, I don't know, I like being home alone because in my work, I'm always around people. and I'm around people who have agendas, people who are like, yo, I want this song on the radio. You should play my band. And and then I'm like, I'm DJing. And People are like, you should play this song. And it's like, you know, I've always been like, when I'm home, I turn all that off, and you know, I'm very selective about what I do, and and I like my alone time with my pup. And now it's like, it's alone time with your pup, you know. So I'm I'm loving it, and I'm developing new kitchen techniques. Like I'm I'm been developing some new sandwiches in the kitchen. I bought a coffee maker, and I bought a toaster oven, and I'm watching like old school like what did I watch uh Brett the Hitman Hard against Macho Man last night okay. like I'm just revisiting all these things that like you know and I'm looking at things through a new lens and it's yeah it's, it's fun and like and I know once we come out of this we're gonna be better people like we have to you know
0: absolutely yeah 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 I, I and I agree with what you're saying about dealing with ourselves like I was telling someone for me I've always had like outlets like if i'm if I'm feeling stressed, I'll go to the beach or I'll go here or go on a hike, and it's like none of those things are there, and I really have to sit with all of these feelings and um mm-hmm. i'm I'm enjoying it. I almost feel like like a computer where I'm having to update my operating system, you know like mm. some things that just don't don't service my life right now. I have to let them. Leave them in the pre-Rona days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I can relate because I like I've had a lot of downtime. So I've gotten I've thrown out a lot of stuff that I don't need. Yeah. And like, I'm like, yo, I'm never using this. And like, I got rid of a lot of records that I'll never play. And I kept only the stuff I love. And it's just like, it's that it's like spring cleaning for the mind, but also like physical spring cleaning, too, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So you just get rid of the things you don't need. Yeah, and it feels good, and I feel like my place has lost weight, you know.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> that's yeah, that's a good thing. What do you yeah, What do you miss most, if anything?
1: Oh yeah, Korean barbecue. <laughs> um, <laughs> straight up, that's like the first place I'm going to. is K Town. I miss Korean barbecue, but not so much. I mean, the food is amazing. It's all you can eat for twenty bucks. World the of soul right. off Western and Olympic. Shout out to them, but okay. it's um it's uh it's the people it's the camaraderie it's different cultures it's it's the korean lady that slaps my hand when i try to cook the meat and it's it's just the this rhythm that we have that we were so unaware of you know i remember going to china and like there are no red lights it's just it's a madness it's a chaos and i realized like wow we kind of have that in society where we have chaos but but we're all understanding and it's invisible it's an invisible rhythm yeah and i miss that and now like once we're all out, I feel like we're gonna have that invisible rhythm. I can't wait to, to DJ and have people come in and, and we get back into that natural rhythm of things and people going out and people bumping into each other. Although I don't miss New York. New York people are always bumping into me and it's like, geez, that, that's a violation of space
0: there. But
1: that's why I love Cali. It's like everything's so spread out,
0: you know? Yeah, it is, it is.
1: Yeah, what about, what about you? What, what, what do you miss? I'm
0: curious. I probably miss the beach more than anything. Um, mm. It It's just my, it's my spot. I could spend mm. all day at the beach. I could read at the beach, write, or just be, mm-hmm. you know, and Venice yeah. is my beach. Um, yeah. It's funny, when I first moved to LA, like Malibu was the place to go. I, I went to school in Santa Monica. So I was in Santa Monica all the time, but mm. like in the last couple of years, some about Venice once you get off the boardwalk and go onto the beach like there's just this magical feeling about it and yeah I love it
1: yeah 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 me too man I I, I'm starting to wake up and like I'll meditate or do some yoga um over on the beach I found this really nice piece of concrete uh that's like between the boardwalk and the water and it's like I could lay my mat out and just chill and it was the day after Bill Withers passed man I sat there and I was just listening to his music and like watching the sun come up. And it's, this is like something like 20 years ago, I'd be like, yo, this is what old people do. And then now I'm doing it. And it's like, I'm watching the sunrise and I'm drinking coffee. It's like, I'm in a Viagra commercial where they tell you <laughs> the repercussions, like there I am on the beach. And it's like, I don't care, I love it. You know, it's it's about balance and,
0: and just breathing, I guess, you know, so it's yeah. really cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. How How is it out there though, like in Venice? Cause I've, I haven't been out there since all of this. Ooh, it's, it's wild, man. I love it. There's a huge homeless population. And that's what and, I was um, as Cause I, mm-hmm. I connected with a couple of artists out there and um, I just was curious how things are, are going for them, you know?
1: Well, there's nobody there. So there are no street vendors. There are cops that are patrolling and they're like kicking everybody off. If they see you running by yourself, they're cool. Like I've, I walk my dog and they smile, they wave. But like, if you're like in a group of two or three, they're they're like, yo, like, what are you doing here? Get out of here. And um, it's weird. Like, I've heard homeless people walking by yelling conspiracy theories. Like, this is all fake. They're just trying to get rid of the homeless population. And I was like, yo, like, what, what the fuck? But also I think, I'm wondering, like, where does the homeless population go? Like, because if they're not getting, uh, if they're not able to get money from people because nobody's out there on a boardwalk, like, how are they feeding themselves? And now it's raining. It's been raining for like two weeks. Like, where are they going? I don't know. So I am curious to see how that affects the homeless, but also the artists, like, you know, how do they make their income now? Um, but, you know, I, I, what I've noticed too with creatives, creatives are adapting to technology. I think we always have, but now creatives are starting to realize the mon- the monetization of their art through uh paypal and through selling stuff online and digitally which could be the future but like artists on the boardwalk I, they, they don't get that you know they're yeah. just it's very like an old school bartering system or you know five bucks for that you know and i i love that there's something organic about that but like how do they adapt
0: i don't know yeah yeah it's crazy man i know once once we are able to go back outside and once you know some of the artists are going back outside I what I really wanted to do um I want to do an art walk for you know the people that live out there on the boardwalk and you know like Mm -hmm. kind of like the the downtown art walk but bringing a bunch of people to come see this art and come buy art and you know
1: yeah that's a good idea I don't think anybody's ever tried to do that like we always have you think about it though like art walks are usually in neighborhoods where there's a there's a like not a union but there's a camaraderie of businesses and I don't think the boardwalk has that you know at least you know you have Abbot Abbot Kinney but that's very like fufu or like downtown LA and that's fufu but like the there's there's this autonomy that exists on the boardwalk where it's kind of like they're like, the, they're almost like the farmers who bring, you know, in the, the goods and there's no camaraderie. Like they, yo, straight up, like I'll walk my dog at 7 a.m. and they fight. Like, I'm box number 42, I'm 42. And I'm, <laughs> I was here first. And it's like, they can never be an our that kind of attitude, you know? <laughs> this is my plot. And I'm just like, yo. But I see, you know, like, I've been interviewed about Venice Beach and I've had people that are like, yo, like, what's it like? And they kind of romanticize Venice there's a dark side you know like I've, yeah. I've walked my dog and my dog stumbled across a dead body like this guy overdosed and my dog was just like licking him like yo get away and I called 911 and then there are fights and then there are people like three blocks away this this pregnant lady was murdered uh maybe two three years ago like there's a dark side to Venice and so yeah, I think that that keeps me very balanced you know like as much as I love it as much as I love seeing my neighbors. Like my guard is up at all times, you know. And I like I DJ right, so I get home at two or three in the morning, and I gotta walk my dogs. so I walk them, and I'm on the defense, and you know. And then the sometimes the the scariest looking dudes are really the nicest people, and sometimes the nicest people are the scariest people, you know. So keep that guard. It's like people in Washington. Like they don't look like criminals, (laughs) but they are. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: man. And I have one more question for you. Cause I always ask all my guests, um, what is one piece of advice that you've gotten along your journey that you feel like you could share with the listeners?
1: I think be, be persistent with your ambitions. Like I've met a lot of people that were that wanted to get involved in theater but didn't want to sacrifice or people that wanted to become DJs but didn't have the patience to learn how to blend, how to mix, how to scratch. They just, they wanted to become, you know, uh, they wanted to become quest love like the next day. And it's like, it's not the way it works. And um, I think I saw an interview with Jay-Z. People want to become the end result, but they don't want to put in the work that led to the end result. And I was like, yo, like for real. And another thing in addition to that but in conjunction with is that I find myself working for institutions where they want to tap into culture and they don't get culture, but they want a piece of culture. And they'll try to tell you your, your idea may not work for them. And you should not give up when you hear that, but rather ask why. Because a lot of times um, when you have institutions that don't understand culture, and they want to profit off culture. You deserve a seat at that table if you're a creative, and your personal experiences can benefit those institutions. So never feel disenfranchised. Understand that wherever you come from, whether you come from a privileged family or you come from no family, you deserve a voice at the table, and you have personal experiences that can benefit those institutions. And I've learned that because I've never felt good enough in some of the institutions I worked in, and yet I'm like, wait a minute, like I'm the one. I work with people. I DJ. I'm in the front lines, like I am in the trenches, like my voice is just as valuable and I'm just as good enough. Um, And that comes with self-esteem as well. Like, you know, I I come from a background where I didn't have self-esteem and it took some rewiring on my end. And then, you know, now I'm on public radio and then now I'm I'm mingling next to like big time donors. And I'm like, oh, wow, that guy's got money. Like, I'm afraid to talk because I don't want to sound stupid. And the reality is I've learned those people want to talk to people like me and you and you and I. all of us, those people sometimes yeah. want to know what it's like to be us, and so, like, what you have to say and what you have to contribute is just as valuable as anybody else, whether it's Kanye or Virgil Abloh, and these people that are impacting culture, like, they're inspired by us, and you know, and so we need to understand that we should never be discouraged to speak up in the name of social justice, in the name of new and emerging ideas, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. That's my two cents. <laughs> Man. Vote for me. Nowadays, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: Yeah. Man, I appreciate you so much. You don't even know. Like, I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate everything that you do. Like,
1: Thank let's
0: you, let's definitely stay in touch after this for real.
1: Yeah, no, I'm I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I want to hear I want to hear more about that Stone Cold story. So yeah, no, definitely uh <laughs> definitely like i'm not going anywhere and um yeah man i definitely love to stay in touch and uh i'm I'm inspired by you and your journey and what you're doing and uh, you know what i always tell people is never let like your views or your metrics discourage you like if you have five people that listen to this podcast yeah i'd rather have five people that truly care than a thousand people that just follow and don't care so like again metrics like those are deceiving if one person listens to this conversation is like, yo, like these two are amazing. Or like, I love what they're talking about. Or I can relate and it's, it's done its service. And don't be discouraged if your metrics are low because it's all about that one person or two people, or even me and you, even you and I, like, absolutely, this is all that matters. So, yeah. Man, where yeah.
0: can people find you?
1: Uh, in Venice. <laughs> 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 like, um it's uh, it's easy. It's my Twitter, my Instagram are at Anthony Valadez, V-A-L-A-D-E-Z, Anthony Valadez. Also, weekends on KCRW is where I do my radio show, eighty-nine point nine FM in LA. And um yeah, and then it's funny because people do like they see me on the boardwalk and they're like Anthony, or they know my dog. My dog is on Instagram. They're like Spudley, like How do you know my dog. You know, like Instagram. Like, oh, okay, it's it's weird, man. Twenty twenty is weird.
0: Yeah, you know. Welcome
1: yeah, to future. So. <laughs> yeah thanks thanks kiddo but yeah man let's definitely stay in touch good luck with the podcast and keep it going don't Thank stop and, and keep because you're gonna find people that can relate to your situations and your uh your story and that's how you build your base not by trying to compete with you know what's already out there like just build your base and then that there oh i still have this really cool philosophy that i'll share with you before i talked way too much no before you go. And 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 this is almost like a business thing that I've learned, but most importantly, it's it's an earthy, organic thing. Is that people will remember how you made them feel during crises. So, like on nine eleven, I remember the the artists that I followed and how they made me feel. And Saul Williams had like some amazing poetry, and like that will forever stay with me. And people will remember how you made them feel during these times. And if you can make people feel good during this pandemic, you're gonna have a loyal base that'll follow you post pandemic. So. There's value to what you're doing right now. Keep doing it,
0: man. I appreciate that so much. I do. Cool. That's all I got kid. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you guys. Yeah, for um, this is Mike Brown and this is the art of letting go. And that's the show. Hey, <laughs> Let go. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the art of letting go. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to this podcast and leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Let other people know what you think as well. If you want to get in touch with us? Hit us up on all social media at the Art of Letting Go podcast. Also, you can send me an email, podcast at gmail.com or give us a call. Leave a message. We might play it on the show. 213-394-2773. Also, if you would like to support The Art of Letting Go, we got some really cool merch as well as we're now on Patreon. You can find us, The Art of Letting Go podcast. Subscribe to us. Thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Brown and this is The Art of Letting Go.